Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi there. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hi. Hi. We were being goofy before we started recording, and I, I looked at Kathy sternly, and I said, we're going to record now. I said, okay. <laughs> I think she was singing something at the top of her lungs. So two things we want to follow up on. Last week on Shrink Chat, we did a trivia question, and we also asked for ghost stories. You can, Kathy's going to start with whichever thing she wants to first. What was the first thing? <laughs> She's obviously. I'm looking up. I'm. I'm drunk. Try- no, she's not drunk. It's not true. I'm high. Neither. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> yeah. not high either. There's no drugs and alcohol. There's a beverage of some kind and some caramel M and M's. All right. So uh, there you is want the, the ghost story question. or the what? I'm <laughs> the trivia situation. Oh. Okay, listen, you guys. <laughs> Love you. We do, but you gotta fucking answer it. Okay. Wow. F word bombs. <sighs> it was real easy. Kathy's done some work on these trivia questions, and so she there, I mean, wanted an answer, just, and no one answered her. <laughs> I mean, just Google it and then throw it in. Right. So now let's so let's fine tune this process for ourselves and everyone. Is there something we need to change about the way we distribute? I mean, we're going to say it on the show. Obviously, I'm not saying change that. Um, is it like we need to do an Instagram post on it so that people can? Uh, Possibly because we it's can, like because I was thinking like well where were they supposed to answer it were they supposed to just anywhere answer it no no or? we said go to the ghost post okay gotcha put it there nope you so you answered my question you you gave them clear instructions of where to put it and so if they're not on Instagram that's the then thing. they can mail me a personal letter <laughs> yeah because it takes about a week for us to get back to this she's so little, you have time she's a little raw about i'll the send you thing. the stamp they don't have our address oh <laughs> that All would right. be a problem a p.o so, box so instagram okay. facebook is also an option and the email is also an option and so would you like to give the answer to the trivia question I would. Okay. <laughs> Even if no one gives two A shits. Ass about your yeah. trivia. But we do. We care. So refresh their minds about the question, please. Right. Well, the question was pertaining to the movie Ghostbusters. Fair. Okay. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Referred to, I think it was Slimer. Mm. Find the question. Hang on a second. Oh, yep. boy. Slimer as the ghost of blank. And the answer boys and goals Mm-mm. is john belushi no nice. that's all it was that simple <laughs> it's okay we're just gonna keep going we're gonna keep being our own yeah, that's fine yeah fine so that was the trivia did you want to give next week's trivia question like right now at the top of the show or do you want to wait to the end yeah, you know what? Let's just give it now. Maybe that extra twenty minutes might help. Okay, <laughs> she's pretty raw about it. Make make Kathy happy. We'll make it the hashtag Make Kathy Happy oh, I campaign. Two, I have two good werewolf ones, but let's just do this one. Okay, cool. Uh, in what year will mm. the next full moon occur during Halloween? 
Okay, so in what year will the next full moon moon occur during Halloween? Oh, interesting. Okay, so that's the question. You're going to go to the werewolf post mm -hmm. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You're just going to put that flipping year right there. Make one up. Make it in the past. I don't care. (laughs) Say 1942. Just answer it. Answer us. You can be funny. It's fine. We're, we we like funny. Be funny or be serious. Just answer the damn question. Okay. So so we're moving on from that. Enough shaming of the audience. Go ahead. Okay. So we were looking for ghost stories. A friend of mine reached out. She hasn't had a chance to write me the full story yet, but I visited her house last September, so a year ago, a little over a year ago. She has this awesome farmhouse nice. in Michigan. Mm-hmm. A lot of land. In fact, Belle, my dog, who I talk about, quite a bit. She fell in love with the goats and chased them for about two hours. So there's goats and chickens, like really big farm. The house has been there for years. And I remember when I was there, Trish told me that the house was haunted. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was asking some friends and she just posted this. I want to, hopefully we'll get the full story. I know she's busy. She's a mom and she's got a lot going on. She's like, time time is my enemy these days. She sent back to me, but she said, uh, well, today we went upstairs and in my haunted house, which is what she calls it. Um, and one of the kids' toys up on a shelf was talking to us. Okay. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah. So that's I, a teaser. Yeah. So I said, what? What? Um, In what can way, you, please? Yeah. Can you give me like a little bit more history of the house? And she was like, I can try. When Stop he, with the teasing. Yeah, Trish, I need you to finish the story. <laughs> so to be continued with the ghost stories, I guess we're not really asking for werewolf stories, right? <laughs> we asked for ghost stories. Ghost stories, yeah. I mean, We'd like a, to still I mean, have If you have a werewolf story, stories. we'll take one. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. So I'm not talking about someone with werewolf syndrome. I mean, someone who like literally... Yeah, like... Know, transformed. Werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's happening. Um. Yeah, right. So what we generally do at the top of the show is we talk a little bit about our lives as therapists, psychologists, assessors, supervisors, etc. all the other roles we have. So do you have something that would be interesting about your week or day or I had a good day today. I love, you know, I still my baby is my forensic work. Yeah. I love it. I know you do. And I had the pleasure of going to lunch today with uh, Patrick Prince, who's the chief threat assessment officer on the USC campus. Oh, yeah. You and, mentioned that a little bit in the, in the Terror Talk <clears throat> show. Yeah. And so we uh, met because, um, you know, I work for the Rossier School at USC and I wanted to meet with him. He's trying to put... Uh, he already has a threat, a small threat assessment team, but he's also looking at expanding and bringing more faculty on who have experience doing this. Mm. And it was really interesting. We sat, he has so much experience. He knows my dissertation chair, which I thought was really cool. He worked with her at LAPD and he's affiliated with, um, those of you who are in the industry who know Jeff Dunn, Reed Malloy, Chris Mahandi. It was pretty cool to sit down and hear all the stuff that he's done over the years with threat assessment. And for those of you who don't know what threat assessment is, it's basically um, law enforcement, FBI, and uh, most of the time, either licensed clinical social workers or forensic psychologists who go in um, during a crisis situation or what may possibly be a crisis situation and try to... um, 
you know, de-escalate. Mm-hmm. So it could be anything from an assault to a suicide to a bomb threat to a school shooting. And we were sitting and just talking a lot about um, different different statistics on college campuses, specifically USC, and just um, really, and I think you'll find this interesting and, and not surprising at all because you work with youth, but, you know, college is a really big transitional time where mm-hmm. people are going from children to young adulthood. And yeah. we talked about just how much we see, he sees the onset of schizophrenia mm-hmm. and all the different delusional and psychotic episodes that start to happen and we've we were talking a lot about how stressors are often a trigger so we got into just a lot of the stuff that happened we don't hear about on the news but that that this big shift especially with young men because there's an earlier onset for psychotic disorders with young with men women I think it's mostly mid-20s to 30 Mm. where men it's usually 18 to 25 and how um it's he said you know we're so misinformed about uh, harm and how a lot of these guys, once they're medicated and once they're treated, and I was able to align with that because I've done a lot of conditional release work of people found not guilty by reason of insanity. And when people get the help they need, Mm -hmm. risk drops tremendously. And so a lot of our our discussion was around that primary prevention. Mm -hmm. And this just is in the mental health field in general, I wish more politicians and legislators would reach out to us and recognize that it's the rehabilitative work down in the primary prevention before it even needs to get to fear. Yes. That if we can start there, um, we will decrease these, you know, um, behaviors. behaviors. Yeah, sure. And again, we're, t- we're not talking about the small percentage of sociopaths. Nope. We're talking about the general nope. population, the majority of people who, Mentally once Ill. they get the help, Yes. They are in such a better space. So it was really just felt really good to sit down with someone who does this kind of work and sees disaster and tragedy every day and still see this kind of hope Mm -hmm. and for him to really understand the dynamics. And he was the first to say, because we were talking about a lot of the stalking laws and how the PD, they just want to intervene too late. Mm -hmm. And we do have to balance, um, you know, we, he goes, we can't just, respond erratically and think everything is this major, you know, risk, but we also have to contain and help the people who are fearful. We can't ignore that. Yeah. And I, and I know that there's a lot of administrative concerns, right? It's staffing and budgets and, and training bombarded. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a lot of empathy for our, our men in blue and, and what they're given to do the work that needs to be done or the training that they need to be able to be. And they just, they need more mental health training. Absolutely. So it's interesting that you mentioned this because there's a couple of things I was going to just sort of add to the, the conversation would be a couple things. One is that when I used to do crisis assessment um, for half, for about two years of that period of time, we did up to age 21 and, and I have to say, almost every single um, assessment I went out on that had some form of HI or homicidal ideation was somebody who'd had a break, and usually male who'd had a break and was 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And I was almost always seeing them in the hospital because they'd been picked up on the side of the road or they'd OD'd or something, and I'd have to 
you know, argue sometimes with the doctors that wanted me to assess them while they were still altered, and I refused because mm-hmm. that's an ethical breach on my opinion. And and sometimes they didn't know that the person was, you know, they would run tests and and say they weren't intoxicated and it wasn't true. So there's lots of um, nuance to the work, as you know. Right. I mean, that could really. Uh, yeah just damage someone for the rest of their life yeah i have stories but we'll uh i'll I'll make a note to 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 bring up some of those stories along the way well that's why we have this conversation because we're talking about our work but the other thing i wanted to mention was that it's valuable working with youth because you do feel like there's a preventative you know you i work with youth at risk and there's a there's a feeling that you're doing um, at least the times when you're successful, that you're doing good work at a time when it could matter in changing someone. But the other thing that actually you just brought up that I hadn't thought about is I did, I did this once in the past and I actually might have the opportunity to do it in the future. I was just told I might be put on a list of people who do this is that um, in the County where I work, what we have is a, um, is a crisis trained officer. Mm-hmm. So they do a, a train, they do extra training. They, they have to have an affinity to this. You have to want to, cause it's extra, it's like specializing and you, you do an extra training. And then as part of that training, there are um, people trained in mental health, like myself who uh, come in and there's two or three of us and they do vignettes and, and the vignettes are, um, role plays of interacting with uh, mentally ill people in the field. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, obviously the the senior officers are there and the and then us as mental health workers are there to give feedback. And so it just kind of goes along with what you're saying, like the, I, I've done it before and I'm, I think I'm going to get to do it again. I couldn't make the last one, but I'm hopeful that I can schedule out in the future to do those. Cause those are super valuable because you actually yeah. feel like you're helping <clears throat> mm-hmm. officers who are newly trained mm-hmm. understand and get this special crisis trained officer sort of certification. Yeah. And there, and we have, you know, the pet team and the smart team and all that too, which are, are really helpful because these guys just don't, they are not trained to work with mental health. Yeah, so I really, I really respect these officers who see it as something that they need to get extra training in, and they're always incredibly interested and usually gifted with people on a different level because they're drawn to it. And um, I hope to continue to help on the, you know, it's the boots on the ground. It's kind of like what Kathy's talking about. Like it's like kind of like we're both trying to affect the system in the, in the small ways that one person can, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my students is um, in law enforcement and nice. I, I always enjoy his, his view, his vantage point. Mm-hmm. And he is one of those guys who like wants to get it. He wants to be able to help um, and not just be a cop. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And if you just want to be a cop, that's, that's mm-hmm. great. But it, it would be, <laughs> I think, this day and age in Los Angeles, let's just put it this way. We can only speak to our our situation, but at this day and age in Los Angeles, I feel like it's critical that any um, servant of the population, which is what we all do, we serve the population, um, needs to be have some kind of familiarity with mental health. Yeah, and I just want to say this too because my I brought up my dissertation chair Deborah Glasser who worked for the LAPD for many years. Um 
and she was so great in informing us about how difficult it is to be a law enforcement officer. And she worked alongside and she was discriminated against and the whole thing. But once she was in and they embraced her and all that, she was one of the first women to do, to be a police psychologist. And, and one of the things that she would share with us in graduate school was we have to understand that a lot of their job, if there's too much emotion turned on, they can't do their job. Mm -hmm. So there's this, they have to develop this balance of just enough empathy, but not this overriding emotion mm -hmm. that they end up being blinded. Um, That's kind of us too, in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I I get that we're not doing the same job. I'm not yeah. saying that, but that that kind of broad statement, I think, is applicable to. It is. It's just there's no there there isn't an, uh, it doesn't serve them as much to do all the no. deep processing no, stuff. No, 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 no. Um, that they but just like we can overcorrect mm -hmm. if they don't know any of it, that can also be a detriment. Oh, so yeah, so sure. we have to, they have to incorporate, like you said, in Los Angeles in almost 2020, they have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. The education is key, I mm -hmm. think. And I'm so glad that there are people like um, the gentleman you had lunch with and yourself and all of us who are doing our, our small part in just helping Everyone day to day, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's all we can all we can do. Um, right on. On to lighter topics, perhaps. Okay. If you're into lighter topics, whatever. Um, what are you watching? Oh, I started. Well, before I get to my series, okay. I watched the Babadook. <laughs> okay. Have yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. it? Yeah. Uh huh. Shit. <laughs> I saw. Yeah, it was a Sundance movie. So yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you you talk girl <laughs> you tell me first of all it was super depressing mm -hmm. um the little boy was fantastic <laughs> yeah. the whole cast was great i loved the message and the metaphor mm -hmm. a lot of it is i'm not going to give anything away but it is a lot about unresolved grief yeah let me just say the log line super quick a single mother plagued by the violent death of her husband battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, but mm -hmm. soon discovers a sinister presence all around her. Yeah. So that's the vibe. Yeah. I 2014. Have, I have chills. Um, <laughs> You're like, I've seen it. It's scary. I'm not going to get into the, the, nah. the deep message of it just because I'll let people watch it. But it is a, a lot about unresolved grief and, and how that can really just attack us from the inside out. But on a horror level. Yeah, sure. That first scene when she walks into the police department and mm -hmm. you see it on the coat rack mm -hmm. i shit my pants right there <laughs> i mean it was you pooped on the I floor like that I guy earlier i don't know why that movie i haven't i don't get scared like that in horror movies but i thought there were some really good jumpy yeah yeah disturbing i think it's quality i think it's i think it's quality horror and it was i loved it certainly um i think there's a babadook too Oh God! I, I don't know that it's come out. Um, let me. I'll Google real quick while we're talking and see. Yeah, there's a trailer for it, 2019. Um, hmm. While you're looking at that, I'll just yeah. mention the other thing that I'm watching. Um, that I just love Ryan Murphy, and I started watching The Politician. <laughs> nice. I keep I keep scrolling past that on the. On it's Netflix. it's a, uh it's a good mix of Scream Queens and Glee okay. together. <laughs> That's um, okay. But Jessica Lang, awesome. Um I can't think of the main guy, the lead, who's fantastic. He was in um 
Dear Evan Hansen on sure. Broadway. Mm-hmm. The it's just really and Gwyneth Paltrow who plays his mom on the oh, show. I mean, yeah. the, it's so good. Okay. You have to be a Ryan Murphy fan to like it because he has his own style. He sure does. A lot of people. And I know a lot of people don't like. Yeah, him. a lot of people don't like I it. I like him. I think it's great. I'm through two episodes and I'm a little bit addicted. <laughs> I'm not really a hater. I can see think good things in most. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll find if you listen to the show. I'm not too much of a hater. So those um, are those are mine. Um, the Babadook two is actually the Nightingale, and I did see this. So yes. So um, what Jennifer Kent did is she made a second movie, um, and it's called the Nightingale. I. It's not really a Babadook 2, but... Well, you'll see. I, I, so now you have to Babadook. see that. Just say that 10 times. Babadook. 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 It's bad enough that in the werewolf episode this week, I had to say werewolf like a thousand times. You and, just started blending and it. And I think I started slurring my words there at the end, and then there was lycanthropy and lycanthropy and lycanthropy and... Ben, ben Platt, as I couldn't think of his name, in The Politician, the main guy. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's random. Ben, ben Platt, Platt to you too. Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> Jessica Lange. It's a, it's a, like a rock star cast. It's, it's good. I like it. Nice. Yeah. So the Nightingale came out in August, by the way. FYI. We're having seven different conversations right now. I, this is life. This is reality. This is how Shannon this and I converse. Yeah, okay. Or some people say conversate. And oh. I hate that so much. That is so pretentious. It, it's, is it even a word? conversate oh well i don't know is it <laughs> I, don't hate, I just hate that word like therapize it don't say word. that either it is a word i just you know google's our friend it's a verb engage in conversation and this and the example is sometimes it's nice to be able to sit and conversate i don't like that word <laughs> just like i don't she's like she's got a problem i don't like therapize either <laughs> oh ooh, that's a bad one anyway moving well, on well your it, turn <laughs> She's like, and over to you. Um, I watched the strangest movie that I liked at first, and then I, I and then I didn't know. Um, <laughs> it's called. It's. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen her face. And then I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's uh. It's called. We have always lived in a cat in the castle, and it's 2018. So. The logline just really doesn't do it justice. The logline is the arrival of a cousin with ulterior motives threatens the claustrophobic and isolated world of two sisters and their uncle. So this movie is mental health gone awry. Oh, God. Um, You're off the clock and you're watching this? There's I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know. So everybody has those moments when they're flipping through Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever the hell else you watch. And you just click on play and you say, what's this? And you play it. At least that's what I do. I sometimes play roulette with my choices. Chernobyl. So it started out where it was quirky and weird and it only just got released in May actually. Oh, this says 2008, but then it says release date, May 17th, 2019. So I guess it just got released, but anyway, uh, and it was quirky and odd and the one sister it's two sisters who live with their uncle in a castle in the middle of england somewhere 
I hope I'm getting that right. Or maybe it's in the middle of America. I don't really remember. It doesn't really matter because they're isolated in this castle. Mm -hmm. And the younger sisters who you're sort of introduced to first, and she's this odd little person. And then there's a older sister who's an odd bigger person who is super delusional and, and nutty. And then there's the uncle, which is Christian Glover. <laughs> oh, I like him. So if you know him, he doesn't do anything but quirky and crazy. So he's in it. And then there's this other guy that comes in and, you know, hilarity does not ensue. It's, uh, it's odd. I don't know. It's just odd, but there's certainly mental health conversation to have. I could diagnose them all. So there's that. Okay. And then I um I watched some friends. I went back to season one. Ah. I felt that it was like popping into Disney basically. Yeah. I watched some I watched I think all of season one and friends over the last couple of I weeks. watched a few of the older episodes like that. For fun, because yeah. it's online, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um I also went back and started watching Blacklist, mm. which uh I believe I watch I'm uh, we'd mentioned James Spader in the Terror Talk episode this mm -hmm. week. And just really briefly, but I'm a huge James Spader fan from back in the day, oh Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and Less um, Than Zero, The He's Secretary, so, and so many good ones. all the good stuff. So, Anakin. No, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, classic. That's a classic. That's you, a deep pull. That's le a deep less pull. Than zero, <laughs> the, less, less Than Zero was a great one. Yeah, no, that's a great. So anyway, I love him, and I still love him. And he's the main one. He's the main antihero in The Blacklist. And I believe I watched season one like a long time ago. And now there's like six seasons and I just came upon it. And I love him so much that I thought I'm going to start it over. And so I watched like three episodes of that. And it was very, I was very satisfied mm. in my James Spader moment. So that's what I've been watching. <sighs> Blacklist. I still haven't, I've never seen it, but I've heard really great things about it. Well, I do remember the first season being great. It's just I don't remember a lot about it and because I watch so much media, so I feel I, I had to start over. That's fair. Yeah. That's, I uh, I just wanted to bring up something yeah, real please. quick. Um, might be old news by the time this airs, mm -hmm. but did you hear about Samuel Little? No. Oh, okay. Yes, but oh, Okay, yeah. So this guy, he was uh, convicted of the murders of three women in California between 1987 and 1989. I think one woman in Texas in 1994 has now confessed up to 93 murders. Mm. And the investigators have linked him to over 60 of these. Um, this is crazy. I just want to emphasize to how easy it is to murder a nameless woman who spent her lifetime in prostitution. Most of his victims were, you know, mm -hmm. addicted to drugs in prostitution old formula. Yeah. And, um, I think they, they're really shocked because, you know, he did this over so many decades and there was never a pattern. They, they were like, how did we not figure it out? And so they interviewed him and he was so matter of fact, such a psychopath, this guy. And he was just like, well, you know, I would murder one here and then go to another state and do So he did it. He clearly didn't want to be caught, so that's mm -hmm. interesting. Because yeah. usually, after a certain amount of time, they they do that. But yeah, he just hit the news yesterday. I think confessed to all this. Depending on when you listen to this, it could actually be a few days ago. But um, yeah, I just fuck. Were you just appalled? Is that I just was like ninety three. 
Yeah, it's a staggering number. I'm actually a little surprised that he admitted to all of it. And I'm wondering, you know, like I often find that, and maybe this is true in your in your work, but that they'll admit to a smattering mm-hmm. or a portion. So then this number leads me to believe that's only part of the actual number. See where I'm going? Yes. <laughs> you know, like they'll, they'll upon, um, like everything capture, matches, they'll want to say how special they are and how prolific, right? but they won't tell you everything because they'll keep something back for later when they need something. Oh, for sure. I mean, so he's that already, tells me it's m- way more than that. Totally. I mean, he already has life sentences for the, he's not going anywhere. So no. now he gets to put himself up beyond yes. display and he has a photographic memory. So he's been able to bring back details that they've been able to research and go, Oh my God. Yeah. This is true. Right. Just crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy. It's, out it's off it's sort of off any of our ability to understand Mm -hmm. how that actually exists you know it's funny i was going to play werewolf sound effects during this episode but it just really didn't come up okay you know i mean i could do it like now How's that for you? I just threw it in there. Okay, good. I kind of needed to do that. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Please uh, tune in next week on Wednesday for our Terror Talk show. And this is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.